0: Listening to this Ghost Talks podcast with your host, Chris Gibbett. I am so excited to bring this content to you today because I get to talk about a topic I'm very passionate about and that is Bitcoin. I'm your host Chris Given and I'm so glad to have your ear today because this is information that could change your life. Because whether you believe it or not, Bitcoin is already changing the world. Disclaimer. None of what I'm about to share is financial advice. It's just my opinion on the subject and the facts about Bitcoin. Now, unless you've been living under a rock, you've probably at the very least heard the name Bitcoin. I'll start by describing what Bitcoin is as simply as I can. Bitcoin is basically digital information, which is stored in a digital wallet app on a smartphone or computer. People can send Bitcoins or fractions of one to your digital wallet, and you can send Bitcoins to other people. Every single transaction is recorded in a public list, or ledger, called the blockchain. Well, that's it in a nutshell. You don't need to know exactly how Bitcoin works to understand how to use it or its value. Now, the difference between a regular ledger and Bitcoin's ledger is that Bitcoin's ledger is decentralized and stored on hundreds of thousands of computers around the world And all of those computers continuously confirm that the ledger is exactly the same on each one. It's absolutely revolutionary because this is the first time in human history we have created a scarce digital asset that can't be copied. The ramifications of this will likely exceed those of the internet itself. That's how big of a deal this is. Bitcoin has the largest asymmetrical upside of all the assets you can put your money into. It's been the world's best performing asset of the last decade by a country mile. And as of the time of this podcast, it's the 8th largest currency in the world. They used to say owning Bitcoin was a huge risk, but that narrative is quickly changing to the risk being not owning any Bitcoin. People can generally afford to risk 1 or 2% of their savings without much worry, and the potential upside of that small investment could outpace the rest of your portfolio and lead to early retirement. So you have to ask yourself, what are you waiting for? You're not too late to the party. Bitcoin is still in the early adopter phase. And if you think the current price is too high, well, you'll be looking back in a few years wishing you had taken the leap. Because in my opinion, simple supply and demand will push Bitcoin's price beyond $1 million per coin in the not-too-distant future. The options for easily buying Bitcoin are increasing fast. The latest news is that PayPal and Venmo are going to start offering Bitcoin services such as buying and selling and custodial services. I started using PayPal mostly because I didn't want to have to punch in my credit card information on every site I wanted to buy something at. PayPal, by the way, has over 350 million users and Venmo has over 40 million users. And then there's Robinhood and Cash App which just posted over 300 million in revenue in the first quarter of 2020 which is what is believed to have sparked PayPal's decision to jump into the crypto market. Now some think Bitcoin will make PayPal go the way of Blockbuster, but I'm not so sure. What I think will happen though, is that PayPal will move from a fiat services platform that also offers digital asset services, to a digital asset service that also offers fiat services. If you can't beat them, join them. That is what is happening here. Now, I love Bitcoin so much, partly because I'm fed up with our system which is inherently corrupt and Bitcoin can help fix it. Why we allow a small group of sociopathic and psychopathic people to control the money supply and print our value into oblivion is beyond me. It's high time everyone learned about money and listened to the likes of Henry Ford who said, It is well enough that people of the nation do not understand our banking and monetary system, For if they did, I believe there would be a revolution before tomorrow morning. Bitcoin is that revolution, but it's a peaceful one. You cannot change a corrupt system from within that system. You must create new systems that make the old system obsolete. Bitcoin eliminates the middlemen, which in this case is the central banks. You don't need a bank anymore to transfer your money to anyone, anywhere in the world, without restrictions, and nobody can stop you. If you can't see the value in that one thing alone, then you are still asleep. I hope this episode acts like the smelling salts to help wake people up. It's like George Carlin said, we are a world of sheep, and someone else owns the grass. Isn't it time we stand up and recognize what's going on so we can reject it and create something better for us all? Bitcoin is a giant leap in that direction. It's an unstoppable train, and all you have to do is lift your head up from the grass and get on the train. There are more and more on-ramps every day. So, let's look at what's happening when you put your money in a bank. When your money is in a bank, it does not belong to you legally, it belongs to the bank, and you need permission to get it out. Not only do you need their permission, but they can tell you no, you can't have your money. Or you can have only a small amount of it. Or they'll freeze your accounts indefinitely if you are so much as accused of a crime but not been proven guilty, which happened recently to a multimillionaire. Isn't it ironic that we pay the banks to hold our money, but while they're holding it, it's not our money? and they offer interest rates so low that don't even cover the service fees while they gamble with our money and make ridiculous profits, or they lose it all only to be bailed out by the people anyway. Some say don't put more money into Bitcoin than you're willing to lose, which is sound advice. But I say don't keep more money in the banks than you're willing to lose. At this point, it should be obvious that the banks are not your friend and should be used with extreme distrust and minimalism. George Carlin also said jokingly, Why do they call a person who's supposed to invest all our money on our behalf a broker? He's got a point. If anyone tries to transfer a lot of money from country to country through a bank, it would take days if not weeks to complete and the charge would be astronomical. Did you know that someone recently transferred over $90 million worth of Bitcoin across borders and it cost about $4 to do it, and nobody could stop it? And nobody should have the power to stop it either. No country should have the ability to put economic sanctions on another country, which in my opinion is just economic terrorism. Bitcoin will put an end to sanctions. And just wait till all the countries of the world figure this one out. So what makes good money? The characteristics of money are durability, portability, divisibility, uniformity, limited supply, and acceptability. Bitcoin is digital and therefore indestructible. Being digital, it's also very portable as you can carry your entire fortune around in your head with a series of words you memorize, for example. Every Bitcoin can be broken down into smaller pieces, the smallest of which we lovingly call Satoshis. And there are 100 million satoshis in one full coin. One bitcoin will always equal one bitcoin. There will only ever be 21 million bitcoins. So the supply is not only limited, it's capped. And as for acceptability, you can already spend your bitcoins at thousands of merchants around the world with more coming on board every day. I believe bitcoin will be the de facto currency of the internet, and maybe one day, the world's reserve currency. Now, for those of you who argue that Bitcoin is too slow and that it can't scale, I say this. They once thought the internet itself would not be able to scale, but it did, using second-layer technology. Bitcoin, as software, is evolving, and it too has a second layer called the Lightning Network, which will scale its transaction speed to millions per second in time. It's ironic, really, People saying Bitcoin can't scale using second-layer tech while using a tech that scaled using second-layer tech. Bitcoin will scale and it will become so easy to use that you won't even know you're using it at times. So, what's my story with Bitcoin? Well, I'm a bit of a techie person and I became aware of Bitcoin back in 2009, the year it was born. I had it on my computer screen and I didn't look into it enough to get involved and that's something I regret immensely. In 2014 I became aware of it again and this time I wasn't going to let the ship leave dock without me. I understood immediately what not getting involved the first time cost me. While I'm still working the 9 to 5 to this day But Bitcoin put savings on my radar, and for that alone I'm eternally grateful. And I know Bitcoin will succeed because it just can't be stopped. It's the honey badger of the financial world. It doesn't care what governments say or do. It doesn't care what central banks do. It doesn't struggle against these forces. It just makes them irrelevant. The banks can take their easily printed fiat and shove it. Bitcoin is a better store of value than fiat anyway. If you store your money in fiat dollars, you can expect to lose at least 2% of your purchasing power every year. And I won't get into hyperinflation, but we all know where that leads. And by this point, should be very concerned that it's a very real possibility for the first world. Fiat is backed by nothing, controlled by insane central banks, inflated into worthlessness, and has always gone to zero. It's like Saifedean Amush said in his book The Bitcoin Standard, government money is similar to primitive forms of money and commodities other than gold in that it is liable to have its supply increase quickly compared to its stock, leading to a quick loss of salability, destruction of purchasing power, and impoverishment of its holders. The world needs to end the fiat game and go back to sound money. But which sound money is the best? Is it gold, or is it Bitcoin? I think you know by now my opinion, but let's look at the differences between gold and Bitcoin. Gold has a limited supply, but we don't know how limited it is. It's limited, that is, until we have the capability to space mine, and then what, because there are asteroids out there practically made of nothing but gold. Bitcoin will only ever have 21 million coins. Did you know there are over 46.8 million millionaires in the world today, and that's not enough for all of them to buy even half of a full Bitcoin? What do you think is going to happen when these people start jumping the sinking fiat ship and start looking for safe havens to put their money? Sure, many will put it into gold, but can you even trust how much gold there is, or if it's even real? There have been stories of people getting fake gold directly from the mint. It's just another expensive and trust-required system. A trustless system like Bitcoin will eventually be seen by everybody as the best choice for storing your value where it's in the safest place it can be, your possession. Are you starting to see just how scarce Bitcoin really is? Gold is expensive to store and to transport. This is where Bitcoin really shines because it can be transported easily and you can store it yourself for free. Gold is divisible but not easily, while Bitcoin can be sent in tiny fractions as easily as sending a text message. Like, literally, you'll be able to text someone and send them Bitcoin that way. Try using gold to buy anything. Nobody accepts it. Bitcoin is already accepted in thousands of stores around the world, and someday it will be natively accepted everywhere. There are already third-party services that allow you to spend your Bitcoin anywhere Visa and MasterCard are accepted by doing the conversion for the merchant in the background. So Bitcoin shares most of the same aspects as gold, but beats gold in most of the categories. I personally think that gold is a relic of the past, And that the new generations will choose to adopt Bitcoin as their store of value because they grew up with the internet. They grew up with tablets and social media. The next generations will use digital everything and look back at the use of fiat cash and gold as archaic. We are on the precipice of the largest transfer of wealth in the history of mankind. Nay, it's happening now. Don't think for an instant that The JP Morgans of the world aren't accumulating Bitcoin like mad. Don't look at what they're saying, look at what they're doing. At the same time as JP Morgan called Bitcoin a fraud, they were buying it up in secret. See, they want you to be fearful of Bitcoin so that you will stay away from it. They don't want the masses pouring in until they've loaded up their own bags. Remember, their number one tool for control is fear, and their number two would be disinformation. The question is, now that you know all this, what are you going to do about it? Well, you don't have to do anything, of course, but then again, you could take one step towards owning a piece of the revolution. It doesn't take much. When the entire world pours in, there's only enough for about 0.003 of a coin for everybody, and that's only if it was evenly distributed. The future isn't about using full coins. In fact, there won't hardly be anybody who owns a full coin next to everybody else. Remember, I said that the smallest unit of a Bitcoin is called a Satoshi, and there are 100 million Satoshis in a full coin. Well, everyone will be buying things using tiny amounts of Satoshis in the not-too-distant future. And you can own 100,000 Satoshis right now for about $10. I hope at the very least I have piqued your interest enough that you start to research it because I think Bitcoin is the future of money and it's going to change the world in ways we can't even imagine yet. Now, I want to touch on a couple more things before I go. The first being who created Bitcoin? Well, nobody knows, which is awesome. That fact alone makes Bitcoin stand alone against all its competitors. The creator went by the pseudonym Satoshi Nakamoto. But was that a person? A group of people? Or an AI? And the reason why I say AI is because one of the best hackers in the world attempted to hack the Bitcoin code. This is the same hacker who hacked the early internet and uncovered many serious vulnerabilities. He said while looking at the Bitcoin code that he quickly found eight attack services, but that every time he attempted to gain access, it came up with the message, attack removed. He said it was like somebody made it look like there were vulnerabilities when there were actually none. In his opinion, it could not have been coded by a human because it was just too perfect. Now, we have no idea how advanced AI is getting behind closed doors, but we do know that AI can write novels in the style of any writer, and it's so accurate that it fools the experts. Food for thought i could go on forever on this subject because i know where this whole thing is headed but it'll have to wait for a future episode as i'm out of time but i'll leave you with this quote by milton freeman economist who received the 1976 nobel prize in economic sciences for his research on monetary history and theory he said i think the internet is going to be one of the major forces for reducing the role of government the one thing that's missing, but that will soon be developed, is a reliable e-cash. That reliable e-cash, as he put it, is here now, and that's Bitcoin. Thanks for listening, and please come back for my next episode, when I talk about UFOs and aliens, one of my favorite topics. Now get it of my haunted house.